deer hunting is, I mean, you can kind of say like city, state, and road for deer hunting is kind of like, eh. Turkey hunting, it kind of goes to county. Duck hunting, it's just state. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, we hunt, we hunt in Arkansas. We hunt in Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, in, you know. We hunt on this river. Yeah. <laughs> I won't even tell you what river. <laughs> <laughs> This is your host, Grant Burnett. Episode number 38, I've got Matt Story and George Parrish from Big House Waterfowl in the room with me tonight. And uh, we just want to talk about duck hunting. You can hear uh, George has already got his, his cup. He, he, he's already repping the, the, the spitter. He's got the yitter ready to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, but uh, really wanted to bring him into the room tonight and just talk about uh, all of us are from Tennessee. Uh, we all love hunting, fishing. And, and everything that's involved with that. These guys are all about chasing waterfowl. Um, they spend most of their time on public public water in the Delta. Uh, majority is in Arkansas. Yep. Um, I know you guys do hunting here, there, and, and everywhere, but I know you spend a lot of your time on the public waters in Arkansas. And I just feel like, I'll be honest with you guys, you guys should start a podcast. I'm being <laughs> serious. There's so little um, information out there, out there about uh, waterfowl management, conservation of waterfowl um i swear i cut my teeth hunting that's what i got started in mm-hmm. um i do love it i also have a hatred for it um <laughs> it's a lot of work oh, yeah. for for very for a, a little bit of meat a little bit of meat but i also I, I do understand the passion behind it um working a dog I, I, i've trained several dogs myself i know that's a passion for you george um do you have a dog matt yeah yeah it's more like a mini horse mini horse <laughs> yeah cooper <laughs> He's about 100 pounds, and uh, yeah, we don't take him anymore. He's a big big dog, little boat, not a good combination. So I, I, there's just all these combinations that people don't understand about duck hunting, and I really that's why I was excited, excited to get you guys here. Plus, we're, we're all local guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's where I cut my teeth, and duck hunting is it's super unique. People talk about turkey hunting, which is what everybody's kind of coming off of, and I know you guys do it as you can. Um, but duck hunting is literally its own element. You can't take anything out, anything else that people do hunting wise and compare it. It, there's, you don't call it turkeys unless you see them. You call it ducks, even though they're, you know, there's all these things and it's going into spots that people have worked and decoy spreads and the, the, the science, the science, the math. And then my biggest thing with duck hunting is the superstitions and we can, we, we can see if you guys have some with that i know that was big with me but i really just want to kind of pass this over and you guys feel free to go back and forth tell me about 2019 2020 season plans for 2021 tell me your favorite stories we'll keep it rolling i just want to hear about big house waterfowl duck season in 2019 2020 and then we can we can kind of roll from there sounds good yeah, we're glad to be here. Absolutely. Uh, you can start off and just tell them. Tell us a little bit about Big, Big House. House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Big House uh, is just us three guys, uh, me, George, a buddy of ours, uh, Carson, who we refer to as Llama. Llama. Uh, so how a, does he get the nickname Llama? Well, that's a good starter story, actually. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So we, uh, I know George through some mutual friends, and we used to go down to this duck camp. And uh, he was—he's a veteran down there for what, like seven, ten years? 
Yeah, it's been a bit. We started hanging out at that particular camp um, probably towards the end of high school, beginning of college. Um, been in Arkansas since probably about 15, 16. And then anyway, yeah, ran into Story and a couple of our other buddies, Nick Stowell and them, down at the same camp. And then you can continue with the Lama story. Yeah, so we, you know, Carson Lama didn't know George, you know, from Adam. And, you know, he was just kind of taking it all in. And, you know, we were enjoying ourselves at camp and whatnot. We, you know, didn't kill that many ducks. But anyways, we were hunting one of uh, George's leases that he was in. And we were... Um, you know, hanging around the fire that night, and you know, Llama he rodeoed in college, and uh, what do you do? Team roping and uh, bulldogging. I think that's yeah, right. Steer wrestling. Yeah, yeah. bulldogging. Yeah, bulldogging. Yeah, whatever. Is that what it's called? He would correct us if he was here. Chasing buckle bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, he, uh, you know, he's we're just hanging out, or whatever, and he starts talking, you know, we're telling George, you know, he used to rodeo, and George is like, yeah, you're full of it, you didn't, you didn't do nothing, you know, you're like, I got a rope in my truck, I bet you can't, you know, rope Billy Bob over there. It's an old boat rope, <laughs> by no means like a nice, like, I, I guess they wax some rodeo yeah, lassos yeah. or whatever. So you know Billy Bob. Oh, yeah. So Billy Bob's down there, and uh, <laughs> we're like, all right, Billy Bob, you start taking off running, and Carson's gonna, gonna try to heal you. <laughs> And sure enough, first shot gets the ankle. Twenty steps. Twenty oh my steps. Gosh. Flattens Billy Bob out on the gravel. And George is just like, "Oh my goodness, you did rodeo in college." <laughs> so anyways, we get all pickled that night and a little overserved, and uh, we wake up at probably four a.m., three thirty. Great, great segue, real quick. So, uh, my podcast is brought to you by Chattanooga Whiskey, mm. uh, a buddy right. I went to college with. What do you, we got Coors Light and Coors Light. Uh oh, this is a this is a story. This is this is a story that we're going to talk about in a little bit. That's all right. That's all right. Um, but but he, he's got a cocktail over here. He's got a cocktail. That's all right. All right. Keep so it yeah. kept cold by Yeti Coors. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so anyways, it's three thirty a.m. It's cold. We're trying to get these four wheelers loaded up in this trailer. <laughs> Carson Llama is trying to rev it up over his ramp. Gets the wheel gets caught, and George is pushing from behind. He's like, come on, Llama. I know you got it. Juan Tony Llama. So he starts calling him Tony Llama. Tony and we just Lama. We cut out the Tony and Llama. It was Llama. His wife calls him Llama. Like everybody I know calls him Llama. Oh, yeah. And that, I mean, heck, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. That stuck like blue. So, So your nickname stuck. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody calls him Llama. I mean, he refers to himself as Llama. And it's stuck. Like. Oh, it's it's a it's a hell of a. And he has I, I, so I've I've kept up with you know obviously you guys on Instagram and your videos. He has an incredible sense of, uh, of he has a great hu- uh, humor sense oh, of yeah. humor. He's got yeah. the attitude of a llama. He's oh, meaner than oh. a snake too. Yeah, he's I mean, mean, he'll spit in your face like a llama. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's, if you pay attention to actual animal llamas and you hang out with a llama llama long enough, yeah. you'll understand they're one and the same. Yeah, he's. Uh, I saw there's like a shirt going around on Instagram that says "I like hunting and three people." That's that's llama. That's llama. That that is him to a T. <laughs> he's like you know, and maybe that's us too. His wife. All right, so he's not here to defend himself. Nope, no. We'll, he we'll, would tell you the same thing. He, yeah, I mean. 
So that's 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 you guys. Is that kind of how you all came together? That's how we yeah. all came together. Yeah. And uh, wait, so so the Billy Bob that I know was part of you guys coming together, or that's the nickname? No, he was just happened to be the same camp. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, but anyways, you know, we all had George had guys he ran with, right, right, and we had guys that we were running with, and you know, people just kind of peeled off you know matthew was one of those yeah he you know he started having babies and it's kind of that weird transition too like the guys i ran with down in arkansas were boys i'd run with high school coming into college and this was kind of towards the end of college and you know a bunch of those boys moved down to louisiana live down there now so we just kind of just started fading off i wasn't going nowhere yeah um and then that whole thing kind of started. I, I mean, I guess it was like a couple of years after hunting together, we were sitting around drinking and whatnot and just decided, you know. Uh, we were sitting in the big house. Yeah, well, we were sitting in a blind that we called the big house. I, I called it the big house originally just because it was a huge blind. And I'm really into so watching. It, is, sorry, uh, no, is it you three? Is Llama is present? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and it I was, us, was just us three. I mean, it, it was us three hunting for probably two years straight. Mm-hmm. Just, okay, you know, in the woods at this lease. I mean, we just—it was kind of like that weird so lull where we're, no one was. We're going to get into this, but there is a so for people that have never duck hunted that are listening to our podcast, there is a kind of this thing where you name blinds, you name spots, yeah. Yeah, you, they get some specific names, and that's where I didn't realize this. I'm learning this, mm-hmm. so they're at a spot. That you've it was already named Big House. No, uh, no. Okay, was, okay. It was it, it's a giant blind. Now this was on this was on a private lease that I used to have way back when, um, and I called it the Big House because I don't 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 ask me why. I, I love watching prison shows. Okay. And there's all these ones called the Big House. And like I, like Orange is the New Black or no like like. <laughs> Like documentary <laughs> prison shows. Like, oh, okay, okay. Don't okay. drop the show. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. And uh, don't drop the show. And I, <laughs> I remember when we drug that blind into there. I was like, this is, this is the big house. And all the other people in the lease thought it was great, so it stuck like that. And we in there hunting, and we were like, you know what, what, you know, it started off. Let, let's, you know, we need just to have a name for like our posse type thing. Well, you know, and I started like full around the camera, yeah. like taking pictures and posts and stuff. And I was like, man, we should start a little group, you know, just kind of documenting our, you know, duck hunting experiences. Yeah. You know, we're we're out here hunting over thirty days a season. I mean, which is getting it for guys that have full time jobs. And, uh, and it's slowly been dropping too. I mean, yeah. back in back in the college days, it wasn't nothing to get the full sixty. Yeah. Now I strive for 40, lucky if we get 30. But yeah, we were like looking, we were fishing for names. And I was just, it was a long pause, and I was just like, let's call it Big House. Big House. And it it's kind of stuck. Um, so have you, have you guys ever done like a video or a story about why you got your name? Mm-mm. Here's your challenge. I don't think so. Put it out. Tell people why. I think it'd be, I think it'd be awesome. Can yeah. you, do you have access back to that blind or wherever you're at? Mm-hmm. Could 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 we do a night? I know, I know how duck hunting works. We could do a night run. Yeah. <laughs> could, could could if I uh, put in a few request favors. I just um, think it's important to to yeah. for you know with what you guys are doing and your group yeah. together 
tell that story. People would um, people would love to hear that. Yeah. How that came together, and and here's the truth of it: even if you couldn't get back to Big House, yeah, redo it somewhere. It's worth it's worth you guys remembering. You're yeah. talking about your camera and video. Just redo it. It's so it's so freaking worth it. I would rather burn it down and then build a new one. <laughs> there you go. Hey, how about build a new one? Yeah. Build a new one. Big hey. house 2.0. We can build a new one in the upper room. That's the plan for the upper room once we get that. Yeah, we got a, develop. We got a new spot we're uh, working on right now. Um, you got GPS coordinates to share? Or? Uh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Secret. We'll blindfold you if, if you get the invite. No. So it, so for all everybody that's listening to our podcast, anybody's so deer hunting is I mean you can kind of say like city, state, and road for deer hunting is kind of like, eh. Turkey hunting it kind of goes to county. Duck hunting it's just state. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah, We hunt we hunt in Arkansas. We hunt in Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, in, you know. we hunt on this river. Yeah. And I won't even tell you what red. <laughs> yeah. me, me, and, me and Story were actually talking about that coming over here. You know, he was, they so were scared I was going to pull it out of them. He's like, "How much do you, you know? Do we want to die? Well, I mean, like, we can get a general yeah. idea. Like, we hunt on the Harpeth. Um, <laughs> and like, it's not like for me. It's just a, like it's so it's it, public land stuff. You have to be careful because next thing you know, you could be overwhelmed with a. I mean, I hate to say it, but with a lot of out of staters. I know we're out of staters, but economy you know, builders. Yes, economy builders. But we've been. I, I've been. You know, we've been hunting there longer than probably a lot of. I'm yeah, sure we're, local I mean, we've got a relationship point. with local guys there. Yeah, farmers. People live there. We so live we, there. We, we have kinda... a trailer there with them. I mean, we're, we we. Uh, so you guys, I mean, it, it there's no limit bars when where the ducks are at is where you guys want to be. You're so you guys lease you guys lease property sometimes. We have property we lease. Used to have, uh, where the big house used to be <clears throat> was a thousand acre private property. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. Don't have that. He anymore. swallowed some of that dip. If y'all <laughs> there he goes. There it is. We do not have that anymore. We have a new property um, through a connection of ours that we are in the process of developing right now. We call the upper room. Mm-hmm. When you say develop, uh, levies full nine. Um, trying to trying to hold the hold yeah. and breed He's, or not breed, but no, not here, yeah. but. Well, and and it's feed. not even necessarily a holding yeah, feed. This is a, a tract of timber. Sp- it's a traffic spot, right? Okay. Yeah, so it's a tract of timber and so it's a I, very good traffic spot. I want you guys to know we're talking to deer turkey hunters. We This is the first duck hunting podcast we've yeah. had. Absolutely. So, so when like, you say traffic spot. When I talk traffic, it's not a place birds necessarily want to be. It's a place that a lot of birds fly over, and you want to make it attractive enough, like billboard sign, to make yep. them come there. You know, hey, you um, like somebody li- driving down there. Live side. shows, half dressed, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Gotcha. It's it is, it's positioned very well in the middle of a whole lot of fields. It's a great loafing spot. And what's a loafing spot, George? Where a bird just wants to go relax, uh, hide, get away, th- just get away from things. Uh, they've been feeding all morning. Middle afternoon, they want to come live. Um, So what surrounds it is a bunch of, you know, rice, just kind of your standard, like, Arkansas um, tract of land with, you know, and then and there's probably, there's a good amount of pits around there. Yeah, yeah. uh, That weekend warriors are coming to. 
so you know on the weekends it's gonna help get birds up when people are there and flying around and we kind of have this unique little tract of timber right in the middle of all that mm. and we're trying to get that just kind of be a sweet spot like hey so again you, you guys haven't shared gps coordinates <laughs> yeah oh i mean i'll give you gps coordinates <laughs> for that if you show up it's gonna run you off yeah uh, <laughs> so it sounds like a lot of work in, put into this it's in time just time yeah and it's it's a lot of work it's time especially when you consider like i in chattanooga i'm i'm a hair over six hours from there Nashville store in them or hair over four. So like it's not like you just jump down, you know, on like a Sunday afternoon. So it's a lot of back and forth with the farmer who actually owns the place, um, getting them to do work, coinciding with our work plans, what all they want to do. Last year we started in on levees, got a well put in to flood the place. Um, Mm -hmm. That was a huge step. Yep. Big investment, huge step, but the place has got tons of potential. So that's our new private spot that we're looking to have. Um, Because as much as we enjoy the public land aspect, always do public land to a certain extent, but public land is also a young man's game. It's not, it's... uh, It's 2 a.m. We're by no means getting old yet, but... I'm not going to be doing that when I'm 50. I'm going to have let's just say if you George hit, Jr. doing If you that. hit the first split, which is the first 10 days of the season, and you hit 2, 3 a.m. every day, we call it. You <laughs> We start looking at each other saying, man, you're acting like day seven. Yeah. I mean, day five, four, five, six, you, you start feeling it. Everybody gets frustrated. You get – I mean, even if you're smashing them, you know, you're, you're tired – probably hung over yeah yeah because it is a young man game but it's also very rewarding when you do the work and do it right and you get after it. so i mean like i said i cut my teeth there i get what you're saying with the whole private land you know you gotta you're always i remember it you're you're um you did you get it in in time talking about feed did you get it in in time mm-hmm. how are you feeling about us about access, am I gonna need a boat this year? Need a four wheeler, UTV. That was where I was at. So I was on the Cash River in Arkansas, mm-hmm. eight years in a row. Half of that, I was, I was in Knoxville. You're talking about your six hour drive. Mm-hmm. I feel you, hundred oh, yeah. no, percent. No so doubt. I'm driving from Knoxville. Literally, I mean, I'm driving from Knoxville, meeting my brother and dad here in Franklin. Yep. And going on, yeah. um, right after class or whatever. So I, 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 it duck hunting is it's so unique in. I think the time aspect, and it's so centrally located. Mm-hmm. Now I know, like you know, you've got a flyway that runs, you know, north south of the. Uh, but it's on a. If you took it out and spread it, it's so small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a small. So you got to be in the right spot at the right time. And then there's so much preseason work that goes into duck hunting that people don't realize. Absolutely. Turkey hunting's turkey hunting's probably the least that I can think of. Well, dove hunting's probably the least. <laughs> Oh, you need a power line. Yeah, that's right. But dove hunting is, I mean, uh, turkey hunting is probably the least of your, you know, your major hunting seasons. I, I would combat deer and deer and duck just depending on how involved you are. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, the, um, for me, being a, even being a cameraman, self-filmed bow hunter, it is less work. It's less work 
on a daily basis, if I were to do the same thing every day, then it would be if I was going to duck hunt that every day. Yep. Um, you know, I grew up, put your decoys out, pick your decoys up. Don't let them see a spread. Yep. You know, all, all, all I mean, all, all those things. Um, we'd hunt, I hunted pits, I hunted dish levees and rows and, 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 and ground blinds. I mean, we did all kinds of stuff just trying to be creative and I will say that with ducks, what I what I do miss about duck hunting that's a little bit different than deer hunting is the creative aspect. It's deer, you can see a deer trail through mm-hmm. the woods. You can yeah. see the rubs and the scrapes and this, that, and the other. With duck hunting, it's like they're flying this they're flying this river, this waterway, this yep. this flyway. We're gonna we're gonna pick this spot of timber, this certain bean field, or this certain you know cut corn field or whatever, and say. We're gonna make it happen. Kind of what you guys are talking about is like working with your farmer and making it all happen. So, I, I, I mean, when you talk about the creative aspect, I mean, public land gives you a blank canvas. I mean, when we go, usually we got a game plan and we sit. You know, we 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 spend a couple hours talking about it, what we're gonna do, how we're gonna get there, what time we're gonna leave, what we need, how many decoys, what the wind's doing. You know, and then we we know what spot we're going to. Say we get B to that spot, though. So then you, I mean, you're playing B, playing playing B, C. You got plan B, C, D. I mean, you got to know where your next closest spot is that you could have the potential to do well. Is you know how fast you can get there, and then once you're there, you really didn't probably think about too much how you're going to set up. So in the dark, you're looking around like, okay, they're going to come through right there. Wind's doing this. Let's set up over here. We probably only need this many decoys. Yeah, I mean, and it's each, just kinda... each each spot you have, you've hunted them enough. You know, you know what spots will work with what winds. You know what spot will work, but it's not ideal. So hey, we can we can kill them here, but we're not gonna be shooting them in the face. We're gonna be you know shooting them in the ass yeah. as they come over. I ain't talking about I ain't talking about tree topping them. I'm just talking about shooting them in the ass. Oh, dude, I, um, I know what you're talking about. When it, when in your face, find another place. But when the timber, you don't have a choice. You gotta yeah. do what you gotta do yep. sometimes. And and there, that's one thing I love personally. Um, I know it adds a lot of stress and drama to it. There's lots of nights you don't even sleep out there because you're just thinking about it. But like, hey, uh, today we pounded them. Yeah, and I know for a fact today when we were pounding them, I had two groups within a thousand yards of us that heard us pounding. Them. <laughs> right. Tomorrow morning, we need to be out there an hour earlier because right, them yeah. boys are going to try to be where we are because they heard yeah, yeah. us pounding. When you when you find a spot and you get on them day after day, those gunshots get closer and closer, closer and closer. And guys will keep working to you. Um, so that which is fun, but like that plays into it, like. You could be going to the same spot you was at yesterday, but you need to get there 15, 20 minutes earlier. The wind's a hair different, so we're going to slide to a different part of that spot. That's the thing about public land. Like, you, you know, you're, you're, you're battling the ducks and the elements and all the variables, which is another thing I love about duck hunting is the variables. Good God. Like... There's a million. You might hunt, you can't count them. You might hunt sixty days and have unlimited spots to hunt, and out of those sixty days, you might get five of them where everything lines up right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then you throw in people, you throw in gear. Hmm. There's just so much. I mean, what's so always amazed stuff. me about duck hunting, and I've never, I've, I've done public hunting twice. I've I, I only done it twice, but I've done a lot of private hunting, was in leases like we were talking about a, a minute ago. What amazed me is the locals and their knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like, the the lease that I was in for a while there in Jonesboro, outside of Cash is or in Cash is outside of Jonesboro. The from time to time the owner would come with us. We loved for him to come, like it, because we love when he came. Yeah, we smashed yeah. ducks, like <laughs> yeah. smashed them. Yeah, there'd be other days where we'd watch William. Like, oh, tomorrow it's on, boys! Like it's on. <laughs> He'd be like. All right, I'll meet y'all there. He'd show up like thirty minutes late, like not even bring like bring like half a box of shells. Seven thirty, he's like, "All right, I'm over." And you're thinking, "Oh, the weather's right. They're coming. Yeah, they're it's coming. just a matter of time. They're yeah. coming." And when he went to the house, like nine out of ten times, it was over. Yeah, and working with those locals. What what's he? Yeah, what did he say? He, like the we were like, "Hey, we're talking about Big Mike." Oh yeah. What he say? Like listen to them. Uh, and pin oaks. Yeah. Get, get, uh, well, get in the woods and listen yeah. to Those locals have all their oh, yeah, superstitions. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, a farmer that, you know, we, we've built lots of relationships down there with local people, local farmers. That's the only way to be successful, right? Right. Um, and we got a guy that's like, yeah, we'd always know where to go hunt the ducks because we'd go out there and listen for pin oaks dropping. I'm like, yeah, all right, man. <laughs> Which, I guarantee yeah. you smashed them. Yeah, but I mean, there's oaks all over them bottoms, man. I mean, he's he's not, what's, he's not that. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but I mean, there's. It's kind of like Justin and Squirrel Hunt. That's right. That's right. But there's so many things you'll learn. Like, I mean, you can have, you can have two days identical. Mm-hmm. You can smash the brakes out on one day, and the next day you see half the numbers. Well, that's when Blaylock's there. Yeah. You see half the numbers and... Wait, now hang on. <laughs> this poor soul just got his th- name thrown out here in front of 2,000 people. I'll let you take that one. <laughs> nah, we're just giving all the playoff a little hard All right, just make sure you're listening. No, I know who you're talking about. We play softball together. Yeah. He's in real estate too, right? Is he still in real estate? No, he builds homes. Builds, builds homes. Yeah. All right, my bad. Well, yeah, he's in real estate. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> But there's so many, and there's there's just things you'll learn, and you keep learning, and you keep learning, and it's like, hey, you know, we mashed them on a Sunday. Monday looks perfect. Looks the exact same as Sunday. You go out there Monday, and you don't see half the numbers. And well, what the hell is going on? Well, you don't see half the numbers because half of the weekend warriors have gone home, and their birds keep are stirred up. Their, oh yeah, and their birds are sitting in their field, not moving. But then again, you know, heck, we got a Monday, there's a fat cold front coming in on a Tuesday, and there's birds right in front of that. Well, you better be out there Monday. Um, but there are a few scenarios where we will go hunt no matter the weather, right? just because I can tell you right who now, we're hunting with. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that's the superstition part. Mm. And I can tell you, yeah, absolutely. When it's me, you, and Doc, when that lines up, we always kill them. Always kill them. Uh, it's weird. But of ours it's like, Georgia, it's like it's 13 for 13. Mm. Uh, whenever we hunt with Daniel, we usually whack them. And, and Carson sleeps in. It's generally <laughs> a lot of the time. So Daniel and his boys will hunt. Us and our guys hunt 
a lot of his dudes will go home because they're not staying for as long as everybody else is, but we're still there. We'll end up getting back together for the last couple of days of each weekend or each split, and we generally will get on them. It's pretty good luck. We definitely need to go over that snow that snow store. That was pretty good. Oh, yeah. That was Miller's last banger. Hey, that's what we're talking about. Um, so, so if you can keep it together, buddy. Tell us about tell us about Miller and, and that snowbanger. Ice day. Snowbanger. So what was it? Two that was years a Friday. Ago? That was a Friday. Two years ago. So years so ago. if if you don't mind, tell yeah. us about Miller. Uh so Miller was a lab that I got end of spring of my freshman year in college. Um hell of a dog. That she died. Uh, January, February, March, April 19th of this year, 18th, 19th, something like that. Um, almost 13, she had a hell of a run, good dog. Give a shout out to your boy doing the uh, duck. Huh? Give a shout out to your boy doing the duck. Yeah, I got That's what I was going to ask you, I was going to ask. So I got a guy, Bob Furia. Uh, you can follow his work on Facebook at The Ropes and Tools. He hand carves decoys, silhouette decoys, full body decoys, all that sort of stuff. He's out of Ohio. Um, Daniel, a buddy of ours who lost a dog way young a couple of years ago. Yeah, five-year-old dog. Turned mm. me on mm. to him. His dog was stud. Oh, mm. He's healthy as an ox. Right. Noticed him limping. He had bone cancer. He's deaf in like oh, two Oh, my weeks. gosh. Mm. So, so he, real quick, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. If you we were talking about a minute ago, what got me into duck hunting, and I, I trained several dogs. To be honest, that maybe one reason that started pulling me out of duck hunting was whether you train it, you send it off to be trained, or you're no matter what. There's nothing like a duck dog. Like, not, there's nothing like it. So you're in the middle of a story that there's nothing like. George yeah. is telling you a story of something that you you will never recreate. Um, is having a good duck dog, and Miller Miller was that. Yeah, she. Uh, so, we're we talking about snow day. Yep. Um, yeah. So, or yeah. Well, I'll, I'll finish with Bob. So Bob is doing a gunning decoy for Miller that has a cup of her ashes mm. interned inside of it. Um, fully huntable decoy. He does incredible work. So if anybody's got a mm dog they're looking to do something like that so this upcoming season we'll hunt over that decoy opening day spread the rest of her ashes and then we'll hang it up uh on a shelf but uh ice day yeah so miller so miller was a god she was so i got her freshman year um black lab black lab uh female and her prime she was a wet 48 pounds wow uh she was Man, she was gnarly. All Drive all day. Yeah, she was. She was just mean, man. Uh, she stunk. She liked hanging out with the yeah, guys. So and uh, oh yeah, she stunk. <laughs> she didn't care. She she wasn't a sissy. And uh, she's a good dog. I never kept good numbers on her, but I mean, lots and lots of ducks. The best nose of any dog I've ever seen. Just natural hunt. Um. So snow day three years ago, I think. Yeah. So we see Doc Daniel, who we hunt with a lot down there. He's already down there. It's like a Wednesday or Thursday. We see there's some, there's a chance of snow coming in. 
Like, everybody, it's the coolest thing in the world to hunt ducks in the snow in the woods. There's just something about it. It's beautiful. So there's a storm coming in, and we're all stoked about it. I get out of Nashville, like, as it's starting to build up in Arkansas. I get out in time. I get to, I get to camp and start drinking, whatever. You got um, there at, like, 10 p.m., right? Yeah, and then... I get there right before the storm gets in. Story's rolling out a lot later. <laughs> but everybody's hustling to get down there so we can hunt this morning in the snow because Sunday it'll be gone. It's going to be a snow on Saturday, Friday or Saturday, whatever it was, and then gone. This is like ice storm. Uh, so Story gets stuck in it. It's Three when, years ago. Yeah, it, it's when all those semis were crashed I know exactly up and down I was, That was one of my last years over in Jonesboro. I know it took exactly Story like yep. eight hours to get yeah. up. So oh, it was insane. I left at 9 p.m. And I hit the storm in Memphis when I turn off on the back road, of course. I'm literally going like 20 miles an hour on iced over. Like, if you ever drive through the middle of nowhere, Arkansas, these these big seed trucks just put ruts in the road. Yep. And when it rains, I mean, you're hydroplaning if you're driving where you usually do. Mm-hmm. You got to drive like off center so you can get some traction. Well, anyways, imagine that all being ice. You know, yeah. for another hour and a half. So I'm, I'm trying to get there, and George is calling me every thirty minutes. He's like, "If you in here at three thirty, I'm leaving you." And I was like, "You are not leaving me. I'm like, I will swim out there so if I have to." But so anyways, story gets in. At I literally like, roll in at like three. He rolls in twenty five. Three twenty five. He jumps in my truck. We go meet Doc. Uh, her boat's already in the water at a buddy of ours, Doc. And uh, so we'd usually be, you know, the water's low. So we'd usually be four, we'd be boating a four-wheeler into where we're hunting. Um, everything's so icy, though. We're like, all right, four-wheeler's not going on the boat. I'm talking about a four-wheeler on the front of a 17-foot boat. Yeah. Mm. Um, so we're not Real safe. That. So we're going yeah. so yeah, to walk in. So, you know, it's not a huge walk, you know, five, six, seven hundred yards. So we parked the boat, and, like, it's raining on us now. And me and Doc and Story are sitting there like, damn it, man, this ain't snow, this is rain. Yeah. Um, oh, no. And, you know, I was the one leading the charge, and, man, we got to get out there. This, it's going to be snowing. We got, and Doc was like, yeah, what I see looks like rain on the forecast. I was like, no, it's going to turn to snow. So anyway, we're out there, and that's another downside at Hunt's public land. Like, you might be at your spot at 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, you're going to be sitting there until 6.30, shooting time. And if it's raining, you're going to get wet. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're out there, and we finally <laughs> get to the spot, and we're just sitting there in the rain, and everybody's wet. And we're like, man, this sucks. Thought it was going to be snow. And it yeah, slowly started. I remember laying there. It was about... 4.45, 5. I said, thanks, George. I drove five and a half hours to and lay it's in the rain. 35 degrees in the rain. And, <laughs> and uh, but then it starts sleeting a little bit. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And it keeps sleeting, keeps sleeting. Oh, it starts it? kind of. Starts like a lot of sleeting. Yeah, so like it's sleeting hard. Like just imagine, you know, it's like a monsoon, but with sleet. I was like, well, that's just kind of getting close. Kind of still pretty nasty. And, like, during duck season, I'll generally grow a pretty healthy beard. This thing's just a sheet of ice at this point. Yeah. Mustache. It's like he's been skiing Breckenridge for two days straight. Yeah. Uh, 
And anyway, so whatever, we're going to do it. You know, we're out here. So we go out there, get set up. And we're not expecting anything great because a lot of times in the in the woods you want clear and cold. This is the exact opposite. It is rainy, sleety, overcast, nasty. And about five minutes for shooting time, you can start hearing ducks flying around before you can mm -hmm. see them. Like, oh, there's some action. And then snowflakes the size of ping pong balls just start pouring out of the heavens. And we're standing around like, holy crap, this is awesome. Uh, on one of our videos that Story did is of that morning. And it's, I'm standing there and there's just massive snowflakes just dumping all over us. Snow's building up on our shoulders. Snow's building up on Miller's head. It's awesome. And you guys need to realize at home, like... Hunting with George when he gets excited is like a five-year-old on Christmas Day. Yeah. I mean, dudes turn around just like shaking. Just ducks are no ducks. Like it's, <laughs> it's snowing. Yeah. Ducks like, are no yeah, ducks. Dude. It's dumping in the timber and right. This is yeah. Amazing. It was it was pretty gnarly. And then two minutes after shooting time, we had a bunch of four just dump in there and just murked them. Mm -hmm. And what it was that morning was the ducks wanted to get out of that weather as bad as we did. So every single bird was just giving it up. Yep. We were barely even having to call to them. And we had a pack of wood birds, which I've never seen to this day or before that. They lit like mallards. I mean, probably 20 wood birds. Remember that? Mm -hmm. It was like, it's, after we shot into him, Daniel was like, what just happened? Mm. I mean, they they lit and right in our face. Well, yards. we mashed. Daniel, I, I forget that Daniel had another buddy with him. I mean, we mashed a four-man with mallards plus some bonus wood birds that morning real quick. And it was... It was epic. It was it was it was a top five hunt for me. Yeah. Um, By the time we got done, there was probably four inches of snow on the ground. Got some good picks. Yeah. With Miller. Was, and and that was Miller. So that was one of her. That was towards the end of that season three years ago. I'd gotten another dog at that point, Wayne. So he had started stepping in for Miller a lot. And then her last really good hunt was year four last year. Uh, story's got some good pictures of that but that hunt in that snow I don't know if you remember or not but this is I mean Miller is 10 or 11 at this point she's mm. old but she's still just mad at him uh, I can show you a picture after this that dog so she comes back with a duck I get her back up on the stand oh yeah I and I look down and there's the water is just red under the stand I'm like what's going on and there's blood pouring out of her foot. And she had just come back from about a 50, 60 yard retrieve through the bushes where she had crawled over some logs. And her entire toenail was ripped off of one of her toes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was freaking out. And I was like, Doc. Come over here, look at the dog, man. She's gushing blood out her toe. I don't know that's what to mad do. At, that's mad at him. And she kept going. Doc, yeah. Doc, of course, looks at him and goes, I'm a dentist, not a doctor. I don't know what the <laughs> hell to do about yeah. that dog. I ain't no vet. And, but Miller didn't flinch, man. She We hunted another hour. She didn't care. It stopped bleeding eventually, but it just ripped her whole toenail off. And uh, she was just 
she was nasty boy she was bad but that hunt right there in the snow hammered them and I was like Miller's just kind of like final like really good battle yep kind of like Lee at Chancellorsville um and he I mean she was bad uh so so tell me about it was really unique to see you guys share Miller's story I know we shared a little bit just the end of Miller's story but so you you talked about her getting the decoy done say his name one more time that's what he does Bob Furia F-U-R-I-A he's out of Ohio somewhere up there I couldn't tell the town um I don't I'm pretty sure this is just like his side deal he's yeah the guy's an artist um yeah and he just he hand carves just these immaculate decoys and people will have him hand carve decoys that they just hunt mm-hmm. um and then he also does urns out of decoys like miller's urn is a huntable decoy it's a cork slash wood decoy um and then in the center of it, there's a cup, there's a little urn that he hollers out mm. the center, and it's up in there, sealed in there. Uh, God does amazing work. So, That's pretty slick. Yeah, we'll see some pics if you want. Yeah. Yeah, I was, you know, I was trying to, you know, well, I mean, I already had my mind set that, you know, I wanted to do that for her whenever she went. When you get an old dog, you start planning stuff like that. And when Daniel Doc lost his dog, he did it, and, I was, and his looked amazing. And I was like, "That's that's really cool." I you guys can see the first dog I trained. He's right there in that frame. I don't mm-hmm. think you guys can see it. His urn is at my family's office. I'm turning around, pointing the picture, but audio sucks. But I'm turning around, pointing the picture. That's the first dog I ever trained. I was Kent. Mm-hmm. Let me figure out where he got his name. <laughs> I was that was that was when that was when uh, nicknames were real cool to name them after. Mm-hmm. You know, Remy and Remy, Bella and Nelly. Yeah, all that. <laughs> Sorry, bud. That, yeah. <laughs> that was that was old Kent. And Kent understood English. That's why I that's that's my story with Kent. And he understood it wasn't dog to owner talk, it was move yeah. o you know, move over. Yeah. yeah. Um not, you know, Matt or Stay or Kennel or whatever it is. Yeah. Move over. He was the first dog that, that I ever that, that ever got all that, but I there's nothing like training a, a water dog, a gun dog, a duck dog. Um, it's duck dogs are unique. Mm-hmm. Duck are. dogs are unique. Um, there are water dogs, there's gun dogs, and then there's duck dogs. And duck dogs are super unique. So, George, yeah. thanks for talking about Absolutely. Miller. Um, yeah. Get the full name. Her full name is <laughs> Green Hills Big Country Miller <laughs> Unique baby, unique. Uh, yeah, that's her full name. No, she was. I mean, she was. She was awesome because she loved to hunt. Great hunting dog, natural hunting dog, meat dog. Yeah, she damn meat dog. Um, which that's that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But I mean, she that's was for you, Chris, down in Georgia. She you was listen to this. She was so awesome because I mean, you know, I got her freshman year in college, man. She was in college with me for six years, like so super socialized, like nothing right. phased her. Um, she'd been around the block, man. She lived in three or four different states with me, been all over the place. She had a good run. Good run. 
Good run. And you you, you definitely uh, honored her well with that urn. That was really, really unique and something cool. Seriously, it's, that was that was really cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty slick. He's he's probably well he, he started in on the painting on it about a week ago. Mm-hmm. You know. It's looking really, really good. Black stuff yeah. for a black lab. It's mm-hmm. a preening black dove. So it'll look good. Cool. I'm excited. Maybe the whole thing.